The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. This is Colvic Darksy. I'm a half arts cleric. I'm really into CrossFit and spreading my dark shakes. I am Melvin Hardy. I am a high elf wizard. Unfortunately, sometimes I turn people inside out. on the Very Good Adventuring Team. Uh, Hardmeat and uh, Roscoe, you guys notice him going towards the wall. Do you think a second alpha badger would help? So here's why this is super boring for you guys. None of you are in the initiative order. I'm 227 years old. <laughs> I've seen it fucking all. You don't really know what they're doing. God damn it. What a disaster. How do we get the fuck out of here? They are gone through this tunnel. Are you guys going to follow them? Minor oh, no, illusion, un- now some no, 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 no. All right, I have a ray of frost, so what I want to do is I want to shoot it at the ground underneath everybody <laughs> <laughs> to create like a skating rink where all these people are just, <laughs> yeah. Because that's pretty much all I had. Fuck, man, I wasn't going to pay her anything. I mean, what leverage does she have? But you've got him. There he is. He's the one that's got it. If you need that stupid mask back, get it from him. Well, there's a problem. Because somebody wants you dead. Well, it's his dead grandpa's death mask. Can't really make another one. If Dunk has any amount of money, what we could do is extract it from him, get the mask back, pay Desire to go away, and then collect the uh, assassination money. She looks at you and says, getting the fuck out of here is the only thing I wanted in this entire situation. What? 500 gold. I'm going to say you get 400. Get the fuck out of here. Well, high five on the way out. None what business. She'll know. Tell her it's the very good adventure. We happened, bitch. Here's your mask. I look at her and I'm saying, you're going to have to worry about that other problem as well. So I'm totally stealing a idea from a different game here, uh, but I think one of the other things that I wanted to start doing is kind of doing a little character depth exploration sort of thing. This is actually from uh, a game called Dungeon World, where at the, at the at the start of a session you're supposed to do these things called love letters, where the DM, GM, whatever writes up this thing and you read it, and it's like has a some ability check, whatever. I'm not gonna go into the whole thing, but what I liked about it was it gives a really good opportunity to like explore the characters and get some more depth and shit. So kind of at the start of each of these things, I'm going to go around and I'm going to ask each of you guys some questions or a question, and that'll help flesh out characters. 
Oh, man, you're putting us on the spot. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be some improv skills, the improv first couple class. of these. Let's <laughs> <laughs> stretch them out. You're yeah. like Michael Scott, have a gun in every case. Well, my guy pulled out a gun. You don't have a gun. <laughs> Give me all your weapons. <laughs> so I'm going to start with, with Colvick on this one. You've mentioned that your family lives just outside of the town. So, so tell me, I had a couple questions about this I wanted to go into is... <laughs> <laughs> just like it's, it's fucking cloth ripping it's so <laughs> just somebody ripping a bandana slowly <laughs> and it doesn't show up on the recording so i can't fucking use it oh no we need butthole mics we really do we really well that'll be step two uh, when we because your patreon <laughs> step so, one butthole mics step two a question mark step three step three profit, profit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this, that'll be our stretch goal butthole mics <laughs> Please join our Patreon so we can afford butthole mics. <laughs> we're starting, we're running a special Kickstarter. <laughs> Donators at the $100 level <laughs> get, get a used butthole mic sent to them. <laughs> More like kick farter. <laughs> God, God. it's terrible. (laughs) It'd be the worst thing we've recorded so far. (laughs) Oh, God. That's it. That's, that's the ANC. We that's, reached, we reached the, we, the we, pinnacle. We completed the podcast. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. That's it. <clears throat> if, if, this should be our last episode. This is just... <laughs> this it was is it. Four episodes. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. All, the, all that... <laughs> All that got us to kick farter. <laughs> Our flame was... burned short but bright. <laughs> short but bright. Okay, straight faced. Kolvik. <laughs> so Kolvik. Tell me tell me about your family. The first question I had about your family is do you are both of your parents still there? <laughs> yes. Yep, they are both still there, and they're both pretty much how I imagined them and remember them growing up. Um there's a reason why I'm more of an acolyte background, because that kind of get hammered into me. My uh, social ways aren't really aren't really quite there, because all I was trained to do was go out, pray, do some sit-ups, do some push-ups, do some work around the house, learn how to make some shakes, go to bed. You're a half-orc. And I'm a half-orc, yeah. Is your mom or your dad an orc? It's going to be my mom. They could also both be half-orcs. That was one thing I was considering, too. No. But you think you think your mom oh, is yeah. the orc? Oh, yeah. Dad likes it big. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, she she definitely uh, <laughs> wears the the loin cloth. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> there was a joke there, but I'm not. <laughs> the mom mom wore the loin cloth. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Um, you, th- I think there's been an implication of there being siblings, and I don't know, something about the way that you've described it, it made me feel like there was a lot of siblings, and maybe you were the oldest, but I want to see, like, how do you, how do you feel about your family? Is it, is it a bunch of siblings? Is it just you? Is it, 
When where do you sit if there are multiple? I'd be the the youngest of the crew, of the crowd, kind of following in everyone's footsteps and shadow, and uh, trying to break away and do my own thing, but they all, uh, they've all left and done their own adventures throughout the land. I haven't seen them in a, in a long while. You're the youngest by, like, by how much? I would say by at least six years. I mean, I am not that old. I'm like 14. And they went off and did, like, like spreading the word ministry kind of thing? I'm getting a real religious, like... Yeah, yep, spreading the word and starting their own little families of their own. All right. All right. So I was never so... really close to them, but, I mean, if I if I met up with one, I mean, it would be interesting to see how they're doing. I, like I said, I don't really know them that well. Right on. So, Roscoe, tell me, tell me what's your favorite thing you've ever stolen? Favorite thing I've ever stolen? <clears throat> I would say... One of Melvin Hardmeat's pogs. <gasps> what? Oh snap! Should what is? What? I which? Should, which one did I you? I shouldn't even it, listen right now. Is <laughs> it? Is it? A, was it a pog or was it a slammer? It was a slammer. Was a slammer? Which one was it? One carved from elephant tusk. What? It had crossed boners for f- fertility. <laughs> it, was, it was a talisman of summer now. <laughs> the, the, the crossed wieners slammer and uh hardmeat liked it because i felt it gave him some confidence and prowess sexually mm, it does sound like me so hardmeat knows it's missing yeah do I, I, you know? I value him uh yeah, he does know what's missing. Oh. I value him taking me in. I still am a cynical asshole and have some resentment due to him turning my parents inside out. I can imagine there would be some lingering resentment. From so I did take yeah. some joy in having that pog or slammer, as it were. You ungrateful asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, you know, like thinking about the the relationship there, you knew your parents up until you were, what did, what did we decide it was? You were seven? I believe so. You're seven, so you knew seven. your parents since up until seven, and like I mean, like a little kid's understanding of of parents, and then you've now had twenty three years of hard meat as your as your pseudo dad. Like I can imagine that's a complex relationship, mm-hmm. and like also like you're you've been an adult for a while now, and you're still hanging out with them. So like there's got to be some there's got to be a lot of positive there because otherwise you would have left. Right. Oh, for sure there is positive. But like I said, but you stole the crossboners from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like also I wanted that because I also believed it would give me prowess <laughs> <laughs> and masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll never know unless somebody asks Lexi. Mm-hmm. Right on. So Melvin. You've uh, you've been alive a long time. You're 227 years old. Yeah, I've seen some shit. You've seen some shit, and that's actually exactly what my question is: is uh, is is tell me about one other job, not necessarily the one right before this, not necessarily your first or last or anything, but tell me about one other job you had in the life before the life you lead now. So, probably the job that took up most of my time was uh, you know, a little bit of a. A little bit of a spy background. I dabbled in spycraft, so um, sneaking in the shadows, gathering intelligence on 
you know, the local nobles or really anything I can gather up that I thought I could use as leverage. Knowledge is power. So I'm driven by knowledge. I like to know things about my environment, the people that I associate with. Do you think you were, do you think you were a spy like for the government or were you a spy like free agent kind of guy? Uh, I was definitely a, a free agent. So I was a spy for hire. So I didn't really have, uh, and still don't, any allegiances um, to government, to, um, you know, my town, my community. I kind of keep to myself for the most part. But I I do value my friends and my personal relationships. But, you know, I don't have any lofty ideas of, you know, of society or carry any. When you were a spy, did you have any pseudonames? Pseudonames. So they didn't really know who you were. Um, I like the idea of you having a bunch of a bunch of <laughs> fake names, but they're all just rearrangements of your name. Like, like <laughs> my name is Hard Melvin Mel Melvo Solid Hard Flash. Hard Melmeat. <laughs> <laughs> the name's Melmeat. Melmeat. Hard Melmeat. Hard Melmeat. <laughs> Your first name is hard. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll have to think of like some anagrams of my name or something. <laughs> Lord <laughs> Voldemort. <laughs> I'm I'm very smart and intelligent. I just cannot come up with a with a fake name to save my life. Super intelligent, super intelligent, but just not like a super sharp imagination. <laughs> yeah, not, not a not necessarily a rich inner world. <laughs> very smart, just not very creative. Right on. Hard. Mel meat. Mel hard, Mel hard meat. Madman the Viler. <laughs> <laughs> he looked up an anagram maker or whatever. Mailman herd vet. Huh? <laughs> Let's just round it out and say each of you have, because you guys have gotten some other shit before this. We could do all the fucking math, but I don't fucking care. <laughs> yep. um, so let's just say each of you has each of you has 600 gold right now because that would you got you got slightly less than 500 apiece from that whole thing plus the other shit you got before it 600 we'll round it out Let's say that's whatever you had in savings before this all started is totals that out does that work yeah i'm all about easy math on this stuff honestly like money as like a motivation or a anything else in this game is super fucking boring to me like it's it'd be cooler if it was more if there was more like things in the game but like mm-hmm. all the coolest shit you guys are going to get you're going to get from going on adventures mm-hmm. right. so like i need toilet paper and eggs like oh no i've only got three <laughs> silver you know how <laughs> like, like, we're gonna have to go on a quest guys and like some them. fantasy games at the beginning of the game there's like this one thing that you can't buy because it's worth like a million gold or there's like a lock pick you can't do because it's like a hundred points mm-hmm. you have to get it should be something like that in this town you're like i want that it's like in the display window <laughs> ah. <laughs> or, that, or maybe maybe we want to buy like this i don't know old firehouse or something like that that's got like a pole to... that we can slide down and that's oh, like that's like man. our dream you guys want like, a cooler base yeah we yeah, want a cooler base that'd be a good expansion so i don't have to sleep on the floor anymore i mean yeah. i'm feeling like now that i got money in my pocket you yep. need a you could get a four bedroom so that there's you know room for each of you and then a pogs room yep yep, yep. maybe a five bedroom where you guys could have like a bumper pool table yep and we also need an ecto containment system what about a room for perkins Perkins is uh, Perkins does not live with you guys. Yeah. Okay. He's got his own place. 
Plus, he's got angle leakage, so we don't really. Have... <laughs> he's kind of gross. You guys don't let him live there. <laughs> Perkins, you could go home now. Well, can I stay? No, just go home now. <laughs> it's like the only plastic in this world is the plastic seat covers you guys give him for his desk chair. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, an anus is like anything else. It can get used up over time. <laughs> Just a depleted anus. <laughs> depleted. <laughs> well, you guys have been enjoying yourselves for, for a couple days here. You got Desire out of town. Helen's happy. Aegis is most likely happy. You haven't seen him since the since all of this went down, but... He also hasn't like you know, come banging on your door or sent anybody after you, so you've got to assume he's happy. Did you just itch your face with a knife? It's the scissors part of the knife. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> I feel like I need to take that away from you. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> oh, I got a tiny knife, though. <laughs> a little Swiss Army knife, and you're just scratching your face with it. I got a shave. I need a shave. That was the dullest blade in this entire house. You would wear down the skin before you cut a single hair. What is this thing? There's like a little... Oh, there's a pen. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Man, this really is the complete Swiss Army knife. It really is. really is. Because it has a pen. Yeah. <laughs> With just the ADD of, of yeah. gameplay. Yeah, we can't even make it through like... <laughs> For when you need to summary. write something down in a survival situation. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm starving to death. Good thing I brought this pen. <laughs> Things, oh, I to write <laughs> <laughs> Things to do. Survive. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining all the haikus you write, like starving to death in woods. Buzzards circling overhead in wind. <laughs> God, I love this pen. <laughs> I wonder if that actually works as a haiku. No, it's 575. Five. Oh, I don't know. So it's been a few days. Desire is has disappeared. You have not seen hide nor hair of her. She took her 400 gold and skedaddled off to whatever it was that she wanted to go off and get away from. You've spent some time at the Broken Egg here and there. Dunk seems to be perfectly normal, just like nothing ever happened. Um, you guys are, you guys have, <laughs> have can you keep it together for one fucking minute? <laughs> I need a fidget spinner. See, <laughs> 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 so, you, so you've made it, you've made your way back to the broken egg. Dunk has been acting like nothing's ever happened. Life is normal. You guys are slowly giving him that 900 gold back one, one Lexi visit or a bet on a pogs match at a time. You've also spent a little bit of time. Uh, at the hugging squirrels here and there. Um, you guys are, you guys are kind of like fat and happy right now with the money that you've got. So you're spreading it around to a couple different bars. and So you've gone back to the hugging squirrels. You have not gone back to, or ever gone into, I would say, the other bar, which I've named the Righted Teacup. Uh, it's a real snobby place and uh, not a place that you guys feel, feel like you enjoy going to, I would imagine. Ten days have gone by. A note arrives from Aegis and it simply says, I will be at your office at noon tomorrow dash Aegis at the bottom of it. Ominous. Foretelling. It's uh, it's maybe, you know, early afternoon at this point. Uh, we don't necessarily have to go through any detail on this, but what do you guys, uh, what do you think you would do with your your 
22 hours or so before your new employer visits you the following day. Well, um, just by what we were talking about, we'd probably want to go into town and see if there's any cool new equipment we can pick up with a neat gold pile. Anything in particular that you're looking for? I am looking for a polish for my grimacing man, holy symbol. He really needs to be clean. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing on my off time, just squeaky cleaning that thing. Right now I'm just using my spit. That's weird. A camel? I'm a weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that you guys are not in a tropical region, but you could maybe request a camel. Hmm. Yeah. There are a lot of traders and caravans that go through this area, so a camel could put could probably be required. It's just going to cost a little more than it says in the book. I don't know. There's nothing like that I really have my eye on. Well, I was thinking like a weapon shop or something like that if you guys need to pick up any equipment or thought about it. Like I said, I think it's right on 155 if you want to make... I mean, you guys pretty much have... 149. Oh, 149, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking 155. That's where the tools are. That's the other piece that but 150, 149 has got you know different weapons if you guys wanted to switch up what you've got. But mm-hmm. there's really nothing that's going to do more damage or anything else than what you've got. There's no real better armor. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really uh, seeing anything that I'm. I kind of figured that. I wanted with. to give you the opportunity. I would mm-hmm. say between now and the next session, if you guys want to take a look um, at the equipment, see if there's anything you want. Caltrops or some dumb shit, whatever. Yeah. Not dumb shit. Caltrops are a staple of modern day adventuring, but. <laughs> Anything else that you wanted to do during this 24 hours? There's some, uh, just looking at the tools, you can get some glass blowers tools. Mm. Oh, look at that. You can be a glass blower. <laughs> it's good to have a hobby. Do you really want to threaten your fingers with burning? You know, chafe your... Chafe my, my, my poggin fingers? Your poggin fingers? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, with my time, you know, in between, uh, you know, I definitely had a few days off, so... I think I'll probably practice some spells in my laboratory slash office slash pog repository. All right. Kolvik, what you what are you going to do with your days? Go, go visit Ma and Dad? Or? That's what I was thinking. I was going to see how long does it take usually to travel out of town. They're just outside of town, so it's like probably an hour's walk from the shop. Yep. I'm going to go back and visit Ma and Dad and tell them exactly what i've been up to all the exciting things and they're just going to look at me in disappointment and sadness and said why haven't you been doing your praying and mm-hmm. then i'm going to travel back are sad gonna, and uh alone are you going to tell them about all the boobs you saw no, no. they're not ready for that you're just going to admit that i'm going to admit that it's, so f- it could, it's a great opportunity for ministry all those lost souls i mean yeah mm-hmm. do you do you feel the need to like repent after seeing all those boobs <laughs> like do you feel bad you know what? I actually probably, I mean, it's a totally new experience, and that was a big, Our big no-no. Is a sin. What? Our titty is a sin. Celibacy is a non-spoken uh, agreement to living the life that they do. So, yeah, never saw any boobs. That was the first pair that I went down there. So when you said those titties were going to blow my mind, they probably would have. <laughs> Literally blowed my mind. <laughs> You know, so the funny thing about this is, I really was trying to just stay away from like a moralistic, you know, Judeo-Christian, whatever, like that sort of morality set for the religion, and like you've just gone with it. Like I feel yeah. like it's just your, like your parents and your upbringing have just completely misunderstood like Hayes' teachings and have inserted all this other stuff on top of it and grounded it in your head. That's perfect. <laughs> Oh my God! So what? So what do you do to like? 
uh, like, you know, forgive yourself for seeing those boobs. <laughs> it's not. It's not like the weird. The fuck was that? Uh, cat of nine tails flaying yourself or yeah, that yeah, movie? Yeah. The, uh, what's the Are you Tom about Hanks movie? The the, the Dan Brown uh, novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci yeah. Code. Yeah, mm-hmm. the guy with the like the leg clamp oh, the, thing and mm-hmm. all the fucking. What do they call that? A cleave? Flagellant. Well, that's the one he flags him, but he's got like that garter that's yeah. like it has teeth on it. It's like, like a. I can't remember. It's like a cleese or something like that. I know that. the I name know. of it, and I'm not going to Google it now because I don't want to see an image of it. Yeah. Nope, it's not It's not really physical inducing. It's more very much solitude and anxiety producing praying. You just chest daydream of those titties. <laughs> you just can't get them out of your mind. Who knows? The more the more you repent, the more you think about them. Actually, uh, I was uh, thinking about the next set of clothes I'm going to get. It's going to be like an off-white now because I'm not as pure anymore. So I'm just oh. like, I'm going to start... Getting off-white clothing. Symbol to the world. Yeah, there you go. You could do some off-white yep, shopping. Yep, I'm going to do some off-white shopping. I'm not like pure some, enough to wear those for. The scarlet and gray. So, Can you um, regain your pureness? Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? You'll only find out through questing. Yeah. So Quest. you. So so we're talking like we're at like a like a five percent gray now. Mm-hmm. You'll have to maybe you know through some truly selfless act, totally redeem yourself. Well, totally redeem yourself. I don't know. I, that's what I'm excited to find out. We'll find out. Rob On the next episode. <laughs> does he go back white? Or does he go more in the gray? What, what, is, uh, what is Roscoe doing with uh, with his time? His Wandering night? the streets, keeping my ear to the ground. Ooh, what, are you, what are you listening for? Whatever I pick up. Oh, Tidbits of info. Information. Mm. So, what do you, do you, do, is there anything in particular that you think you hear overnight? I mean, Specifically, I think I'm out listening for like maybe... Just a little score for me, personally, or maybe work that we could do. Or if I hear anything about Aegis and what he's got going on, any of those three things, really. The next day at noon, Aegis shows up. You guys are all hanging out in the back in your your conference room area, and uh, Perkins shows Aegis in. And he, he's a he's a straight to the point kind of guy. He, just walks in and doesn't even sit down. He just says, whatever you guys did, and I don't want to know, you made my wife happy. She's insisting I throw some more work your way. As I'm sure you're well aware, I, I typically deal with the super amazing adventure friends, but Helen is being very insistent. Fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. The super. problem here is that you guys have no real name in this town. You're a bunch of nobodies right now, so we got to change that. <laughs> in the mountains beyond the lake is a crypt and a graveyard. A crypt seems to attract spirits, the undead, a bunch of other shit. Now, there's plenty of and and family in that cemetery, and the last thing anyone from town wants is to get attacked by their dead grandma or husband. So I want you to go up there and clear that place out. When you're done, you come back to town, and you brag about that shit to anybody that'll listen. Buy a lot of drinks, make sure everybody wants to be your friend, and tell a story to everybody. I'm giving you 50 gold each to cover your expenses. And yes, hard meat, he slams a pouch of gold down on the table. You can have the whole goddamn thing in advance. Don't fuck this up, and we'll have more to talk about in the future. Any questions? No. I'm feeling like we're re- meeting the real Aegis. Before he was kind of calm and collective and kind of watching his words, but now he's just coming in and biking orders. I kind of like where this is going, though. I like the way he's thinking. Yeah. I mean, the guy shows up with money and a job. Let's get to work, fellas. So this is, <laughs> I mean, this is like some of the first real face-to-face experiences that you've got with this guy, but... One of the things that you're going to get the impression of, or you've gotten the impression of so far, is this guy is really smart. Like, he knows 
what it means to be an adventuring company. And he knows he can't just give work to you guys, even though he's supposed to give it to the other group because the other group's more popular. Yeah, so, you'll recall the the early stuff I was talking about. You guys are kind of like a sports team. Mm-hmm. Like, how, like how many other local adventuring teams are we uh, are we up against? There's really just the the other one, the super amazing adventure friends. Is like that's the home team. That's who everybody loves. Those guys. They're they're the the main group in town. You guys are the only real serious competition. Other than that, there's maybe like you know some groups of kids, upstarts, whatever. But there's nothing else serious in town. The town's not big enough for that many groups. So he just wants us to go do this job and brag. What? Why does he want us to brag? Like, is he actually is he giving us some preferential treatment because of his wife? That's why he wants us to get our name out there. Or yep. So the the summary of this is essentially he's as like the mayor of the town. It's expected that he would give business to the most popular group in town, and he would deal with like the top, the top tier. All right. right now, you guys are you don't have a reputation, so this is how he's going to help you develop a reputation, so that he can make his wife happy by throwing you business. Gotcha. No, you don't know if he's going to be giving you serious work or if it's just kind of an on the side thing. Like you can't really get an impression from him real solid that says whether or not he actually even likes you guys. But at a minimum, his wife is saying it, and. Well, happy wife, happy life. What do we what do we know about these uh, super amazing adventure friends? Who are they? What are they like? You don't know a ton of detail about them. You've never really directly interacted with them. You know there's four of them. They have a, a fighter, a druid, a rogue, and a ranger in their mix. And that's about all you really know about them, just that there's those four. And I just haven't actually come up with names and shit yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> so that's your competition and that's who Aegis needs to get you guys up to at least a sort of an acceptable level of reputation before he can really start throwing any serious business your way and i mean another another uh avenue is to maybe make them a little bit less popular mm-hmm. okay. are you you're like suggesting this to Aegis here or? i'm I, yeah i'm throwing that out there i'm like listen Aegis, uh no problem going out there and getting a little more popular but uh what, how, how would you feel if, uh, you know, the super amazing adventure friends were a little less popular? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Aegis says, let's focus on the task at hand, but uh, I like your vision. All right. All right. He's got to hedge his bets for the moment, though. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a savvy businessman. I get it. All right. So off we go, eh? So you guys take the money. He gives you a curt nod, turns back, and... Again, not one uh, for necessarily big formalities. Just kind of walks out the door and leaves you to your business. You want to head straight on out there? I suppose there's, if you had shit you wanted to do, you would have done it, done it the night before. So off you go. Hello there, faithful listeners. This is DM Nick giving you a breather in this super intense episode. We are so very, very grateful to everyone who's been listening. As you know, there's a pretty big gap between producing our episodes and releasing them. I'm recording this about a week after we went live with the first episode, and there's a few things to talk about. First, a very huge thank you to everyone who has been following, liking, tweeting, and retweeting about us on Twitter. It's pretty much the only reason anyone other than our friends know about us. It means so much to all of us that you're letting the world know. We are at VGA Team, and you can also tweet about us using the hashtag VGATEAM. The best way for you to help us to get the word spread about this show is by leaving a review on iTunes. Obviously, we would highly prefer those fancy five-star reviews, but we're also interested in hearing your feedback around the show. 
Let us know what you think so far. If you have a lot to say, you can also say it to us directly using the contact form on our website, thevget.com. I've had a handful of questions around where this show is going and what you can expect from us. On one end of the spectrum, you've got podcasts like OneShot, which doesn't really have a continuing saga. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got podcasts like Critical Role, which is pretty much the definition of an ongoing campaign. Somewhere in the middle of that sits a podcast like Friends at the Table, where they have a largely consistent cast and ongoing story, but it's broken into something like self-contained seasons. This is more or less what I'm going for. Also, you should check out all three of those shows if you haven't already, because they're pretty amazing. So where are we going? I plan on running the current campaign with the current characters for two years. We will release one hour episode every Sunday for that entire time. That's 104 episodes you can look forward to hearing our lovely voices in. I have some strong ideas about the immediate future of this campaign, and vague ideas about the middle. There's also a series of world events that will happen towards the end that our party will be at least affected by and probably directly involved with. I also have the faintest images of what the next campaign would look like but that's so far out it will change a million times before then. Stay tuned, stay excited, and just know we've got a lot more coming. You may have noticed we started doing a little Q&A session with our characters. Up to this point, I've been coming up with all the questions, but I'd like you to send in your suggestions, and we'll do our best to get them into the show. Last but not least, I have to plug our fellow Minnesota shows, Dames and Dragons and CSI Neverwinter. I know it's pretty weird that I keep telling you to listen to other podcasts, so let's be clear about this. I'm very much telling you to listen to us first, then, you know, if if you have free time or whatever, you could check them out, I guess. We'll just be over here, not being jealous or whatever. Seriously, though, these folks are really fun, and I hope you get a chance to listen to them. That's all the interruption I can come up with for this week. Thank you again for everything you've done for us. Back to the show. This is uh, the lake that he was talking about. This is the same lake that you guys had been to where the cabin was, and there's a path that goes around uh, the east side of that lake and, and then a, a mountain, mountainous, hilly path, whatever, that goes past that. And eventually, you get your way to this cemetery, uh, this little graveyard. As you arrive, it's getting to be sort of early evening, sun's starting to set, spooky graveyard scene, a, a light mist is rolling in from, rolling in from the hills. And it's, it's sort of in a rocky valley between the mountains. Uh, there's a low stone wall that stretches off to either side of this entrance. There's just a, a gap in the middle of that wall that's, that is the entrance into this. Straight ahead of you in the near distance, you can see the aforementioned crypt, like a, a little low marble building, uh, and a handful of gravestones. What would you like to do? I mean, we're kind of like uh, a little bit midday. Is that right? Uh, this is getting to be, like, sunset. Sunset? Okay. Should we beeline for that crypt? Beeline? Like, run towards it? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I'm not really for running. It's not very dignified, I guess. No. Do you Spill your soup if you're mm-hmm. running. That's right. Investigate anything around us, see what, uh, there's any triggers or traps or what's going on. I don't know what we're looking for exactly, or what's going to happen. Man, if only we had, like, a thief who could go and only you know, scout it out. Oof. I can go on ahead. Oh, okay, I can pick up a hand. <laughs> oh, thank you. Make sure you How big this. is this graveyard? Uh, graveyard itself is probably about 30 feet across, maybe 50 feet deep. There's a fair number of graves in there. Yeah, so I'm going to go crouch down, kind of make my way all around. Feel around the walls, the gravestones. Do you have like a, do you have like a all clear signal? 
that uh, that you that you, that, that you typically use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can't tell if it's all clear if he shit his pants. That's okay, not going to draw any attention. <laughs> Just a totally normal, natural yeah. sound. <laughs> It's the, sound, hear the sound of wildlife. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. So you, uh, so you, you make your way into the graveyard. You you get in. You you pass through the uh, the gap in the wall, and sort of start creeping your way to the right, uh, feeling around, checking out, listening for sounds. And you get about 10 feet in, and you can hear some rustling and some, some moaning coming from your left, which would be, let's call that north, uh, into the graveyard. Oh, uh, it's closer to you than the crypt is, so you know it's not coming from there. Do you have, like, a the coast is not clear sound? <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just yell for you, you know? You're right. Help. It's not clear. <laughs> it's not clear. It's hey. not clear. There's some shit in here. <laughs> Did I say, like, the three words, Army of Darkness? Nick to Verona. Oh, I know what you're talking what? about. What? I said all the words. That's from uh, Army of Darkness. I'm trying to think where the original is from, though. Evil Dead. So the day there stood still. Yes. Oh. Ecto Gamut. No. No. Ecto Gamut. Fucking never without my permission. Yes. Thing. This. It all circles. Just comes back around. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. You know the guy never. He never said what that uh, meant. The guy who wrote the script for that. He never explained what that phrase meant. And there's been like speculation for years that it was like they know not what they do or like hold off or whatever. But like the the original guy, like I think he's dead now. He never explained what it meant. Mm. Anyway, do I want to get their these guys to come in just for some wrestling? I don't know, man. I think I'm pretty sneaky. I want to go up and see what it is. All right. So what I'm gonna have you do then is I'm gonna have you make a stealth. You should keep <laughs> dropping those dice. <laughs> really adds to the atmosphere. <laughs> Give, give this man more dice to drop. He's got <laughs> I have two sets. sets. Oh, nice. He's got the he's got the urine set today. Who has the cum dice? I I just put the cum dice away. Aww. Those things are so hard to see. Look- I mean, who who makes fucking white on white for dice? It's just. I agree. It's silly. Anyway, so uh, do uh, give me a stealth roll. Nine. Uh oh. You are unnoticed as you creep your way towards the small group of pretty mangy-looking undead uh, ghouls that are milling about in the center of this graveyard. You can you can see from where you stand that there are four of them. Four ghouls? Four ghouls. All right. I'm going to sneak back to my friends because they're farther away. I can't just yell. Those ghouls will take me down. Yeah, those ghouls. Like, how concerned are we about ghouls? Um, I don't know. I don't know that you guys... You guys probably would have never really seen Undead before this opportunity. Another, uh, nothing in your lives would have presented you with the chance, so... So we're like, holy fuck, there's Undead over there? It's it's probably, like, 
I don't know, you, you maybe feel like you can take them, uh, but you're probably pretty freaked out, right? Like, you've never seen dead people shuffling around. But they're moving Literally, slow. They don't yeah. look terribly strong. You know, they're not doing anything intimidating. They're not like, come at me, bro. Where are they? Just Checking milling about bro. out in the open? Yeah, they're just sort of wandering around. They're staying sort of tightly grouped, about 20 feet from where you guys stand at the entrance. Well, guys, what, uh, you know, uh, what do you want to do? Light them on fire. With what? I have oil. You have oil? Do you have any fire? Um, I bet we would have some sort of fire, and I think I have... I do not have a fire spell. I should probably get one at some point. What do I I need to make fire? Let's see. Flint and tinder. Yeah, but do not have... You have torches. I have a tinder box. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. We should probably all light up a torch. It's probably just a general... Generally good idea around a undead gravesite. Let's light up a torch. I forget, do any of you have two-handed weapons at this point? Is your weapon two-handed? No, I decided to go against that. Okay. I have a bow. Does that take two hands? Yeah, that'd take two hands. But I have night sight. Yeah, so you wouldn't need uh, a torch. You can see in the dark, more or less. Yeah, most. I think all of us can. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you're a high elf, so you've got night vision or dark mm-hmm. vision. Mm-hmm. You're a half elf, you've got dark vision. You're a half orc. Right? Yeah, so you guys don't fucking need torches. I think you have them in your inventory. It's part of the adventurer's pack and stuff. Should we fuck around with trying to get some kind of advantage with, like, fire or anything, or should we just attack? Okay, so you are you are standing at the edge of this cemetery. About 20 feet in, 20, 25 feet in, you can see these four different, uh, these four different ghouls. By the way, one of them is wearing a Slayer t-shirt. One of them has a huge booger coming out of his nose. Uh, one of them is wearing red Crocs, and uh, the final one has a striped romper. Ooh, romp him or romper? Romper. That is your four undead ghouls that are stomping around in front of you. Uh, is the is the low stone wall still between us and these ghouls? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There is a gap. There's about a ten foot wide gap in this wall. And the wall itself is probably two and a half feet tall, just of Sort of loose, loosely fitted stone. It's not cemented so, together. Well, anything, How I, close are these ghouls to, to each each other? To each other, they're all within, I would say, about a fifteen foot. They're milling around, uh, but they all seem to be kind of sticking to one area, right around the center of the path that leads to the crypt. Okay. How wide is the gap in the wall? About ten feet. Should we, uh, the gap. Get their attention. Come through the gap. Light it on fire. Well, I do have that web spell that I decided to pick up. Oh. We don't even so, need to fuck with the oil because the webs are flammable. So mm-hmm. we, uh, this um, has a range or a radius of a 20-foot cube and has a range of 60 feet. So I could potentially web these guys and then uh, if you guys want to light a torch, throw a couple torches in there, see what happens. Yeah, let's do that. Go. That is a great plan. The way that web spell was worded, <clears throat> by the way, was it, it seemed like it needed to be affixed to two walls. But what I'm going to say instead is as long as it can't like completely compact in on itself, it'll stay around. So in other words, if it like if you shot it at a group of enemies, it'll start trying to like constrict them together. But as long as there's something in the middle, the web will stay in existence. Okay. If that makes sense. So Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it says if the if the webs aren't anchored between two solid masses or layered across a floor, wall, or ceiling. The conjured web collapses on itself, and the spell ends at the start of your next turn. Webs layered over a flat surface have a depth of five feet. Damn. 
Yeah, more what I'm thinking is like, you know, like if, if say you cast it at like an upright being and it wrapped around them or around a group of people that would prevent it from like collapsing in on itself and disappearing. So you could use it to restrain people without necessarily affixing them to a wall or surface. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to cast this spell and shit. All right. So I'm going to have you guys roll for initiative before you start casting your webs. And what I'll do is we'll just give you guys a... Uh, a sneaky round in advance because Roscoe was all stealthy like. Go Roscoe. It'd suck to die in a romper. And like you're just wearing that for all of your afterlife. You're stuck, <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck in a romper. <laughs> oh no. This was only in fashion for six months. Now I'm stuck in it for eternity. <laughs> I guess I don't know what's or the fact that you decided to wear or, or <laughs> maybe you're like home alone, you're like I just want to see what this looks like. And then <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> and then some freak accident happens and you die in your romper. It's like dying with, with like the, the, the midget porn page up, you know, like you have a heart attack while you're pulling one out and there. <laughs> oh, it's just one time. I, think, I, think I wasn't really into it. Today was a bad day to go Southpaw. Just wanted to see what it felt like. <laughs> I wouldn't judge anybody that died watching midget porn. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, judge anybody that died watching almost any kind, of, almost any kind of porn. <laughs> like what? What would yeah. you be disappointed in? <laughs> well, do you really want to go there? <laughs> disappointed would be a whole different thing. Like, like disappointed. Like, if I came across somebody and it was just like two people having just plain old missionary sex and be like, dude, you know there's a whole internet out there, right? Oh. Yeah. That's, you had high expectations for somebody <laughs> in their porn preferences. And you're just, no. <laughs> like you're an EMT and like you come around the corner and you see the pants on the floor and you're like, oh, this, what's this guy into? <laughs> or or you, you come across the guy and he's paying for porn. His <laughs> <laughs> credit card's out. Head down on the ground. He's got his credit card out. <laughs> buddy come on <laughs> you, you, you change it to a free porn site so his family's not disappointed like, <laughs> clear clear his browser history and put something good in there oh my god like Pornhub <laughs> shout out to Pornhub if you want to sponsor us <laughs> Pornhub because who pays for porn? <laughs> right? <laughs> Pay with your advertising, not with your dollars. Mm-hmm. All right, get in the goddamn initiative here so we can start fighting. All right, so we'll go with Roscoe, Melvin, and then Kolvik for bonus round. Bonus round? Sounds like a game show. So, Roscoe, what do you want to do uh, first? You could also, by the way, just do you want to just hold your action until he's cast the web? Yes. You can do that. Um, so you guys can do what's called readying an action, where you specify a thing you're going to do and then a trigger that makes it happen. Where you would say, essentially, I am going to throw the torch, like light and throw the torch after Melvin casts web and it like grabs around these dudes. Okay. Um, what the reason why I talk about that being a very specific thing is like, say you're in later combat and you're like, all right, I want to wait until I see somebody come around the corner and then I want to stab them. Like if nobody ever comes around that corner, 
your action never happens and you don't get to change it. So just so you guys are aware that that's a thing you can do, but it is a very very conditional thing. Mm -hmm. Can I cast web now? You can cast <laughs> Didn't mean to keep you waiting. It's a ranged spell attack. 60 foot range, yes. Uh, 12. 12 is enough to hit. Maybe so you're... Add my bonus. What's that? Go ahead. It sounds good. Oh, you added... You didn't get your bonus. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Thought you had that in there, but... Either way, 12 is still enough to hit. So now you hit really good. So you're trying to... You were trying to ensnare all four of these guys, right? That was my goal. Yeah. yeah so, we'll, so you've got all four of these guys in a in a web and they're like as they're you know bumping and jostling they're starting to get closer to each other because they can't go further so then roscoe you want to throw your torch yes sir i will have you so you can light the torch as a, as a free action or bonus action whatever you want to call it and then throwing it will be a ranged attack so i'll have you do roll a d20 and then add your uh add your, your decks and your uh fucking proficiency I would imagine you're proficient with throwing sticks. <laughs> so 11 plus 5. Awesome. 16 is more than enough to hit. So you hit, and these guys uh, start start on fire. Yes. That was what we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> just as we planned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just a second here. There's not explicit rules for this, so I just have to make sure I'm not doing too little or too much. The web spell says they take around 2d4 damage. Oh, it actually says that for fire? Yeah, it does. Oh, 2d4 damage it is. Uh, I mean, where were you going to start? I was just looking to see how much like fire burns. I didn't okay. think that that specifically was in the spell, so I'm yeah. glad to hear. Uh, so, in fact, um, what I'll have you then is... Uh, Roscoe, go ahead and roll the 2d4 since you threw the torch. It's my spell. Uh, it, all right, so Roscoe, you're rolling one d4, and uh, Melvin, you're rolling the other d4. I got a three. Got a one. <laughs> <laughs> Should have let him roll it. No, I'm kidding. But all that's right. four times four. It is. That is a, a fair amount of damage. So you've now got a, a couple burning, stinking, shambling pile of corpses that are webbed together. I'm going to say that, uh, Melvin, why don't you roll another 1d4? Yes. Two. So I'm going to say that the um, the fire is going to burn through this stuff in two more rounds. So you'll do that, that 2d4 two more times before the fire itself gets burned out. Excellent. Does the spell give you any description of how strong this stuff is or like what the escape mechanic would be? It says, each creature that starts its turn in the webs or enters them during its turn must make a dexterity saving throw. So it's just straight up dex to get out? Yes. What's the DC then? Does it say? It does not. Uh, what's oh, your... What's your? I'm sorry. Uh, creature restrained by the webs can use its actions to make a strength check against your spell save DC. If it succeeds, it is no longer restrained. What's your uh, strength save? Uh, 14. 14. All right, Kolvik, you get one chance to do stuff before the action gets rolling here. I'm going to go ahead and bless the group and give everyone a plus two bonus for AC for the duration. And so while I'm doing that, though, it is a concentration, and so that means I can't really do much while I'm, the spell's going on, correct? You can attack and you can move, but if you cast another spell that takes concentration, the effect of the first one goes away. Okay, so if somebody hits me, my concentration is still on point. 
If you take damage while you're concentrating, it's a... I'll look up the specific rule when it comes to it, but it's like a... It's like a DC 10 or the amount of damage you took, whichever is higher. If you fail that roll, like it's a constitution roll, I should gotcha. say. If you fail that roll, then you lose concentration. Okay. Well, everybody gets that plus lawyer. two to the armor. Rules <laughs> lawyer. Uh, so plus two to armor. Didn't it? Wasn't there like a one d four thing, or that you can choose what effect it does? Uh, that that is for um, bless, and that's a one d four. They get their attack. And which is this? This is uh, shield of faith. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you said bless. I oh, might bad. have. Alright. So everybody gets plus two to their AC. I'm going to trust you guys all to keep track of that. Which means you're going to lie about it, aren't you, Melvin? <laughs> I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't not not do that. Alright, so now we're starting combat right back at the top of the round with Roscoe. You have about 20 feet away from you. You have four shambling, burning ghouls that are all webbed together. Alright, I'm going to shoot at Slayer t-shirt with my short bow. Alright. <laughs> you do that. I rolled a four. Plus three piercing. Or seven. Uh, oh. You know what? Actually, I'm going to have you roll with advantage because the because uh, uh, these guys are restrained. They're not like prone or anything like that, but they're at this point, they're basically in a big huddle, so so roll one more time. A one. Oh, roll a d20. Oh, a d20. Yeah. Shoot. One. All right. I got it worse. <laughs> <laughs> so you fire over them. By the way, just for future clarification, if I tell you to roll with advantage or disadvantage, you just roll two d20 at the same time. If oh. you're doing advantage, you take the higher one. If you're doing disadvantage, you take the lower one. Okay. It's actually really, it's my favorite mechanic, I would say, of the of the new system. All right, so you 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 miss with your short bow terribly. Uh, the arrow goes whizzing off into the distance. Boo, boo, hiss, Melvin. So we still have four of them ghouls. So I think I'm going to. I will cast uh, witch bolt at uh, booger. Huge booger, witch bolt. That's a ranged spell attack, if I recall. It is indeed. Uh, and so you guys, as long as these guys are restrained, I'll have you all rolling with advantage on your attack rolls. Okay. Nice. Because uh, <clears throat> it was a badass plan. Uh, 1d12, casting Witch Bolt, coming at you. I don't know what the fuck just happened. That's fucking <laughs> weird. Wait, is it, it is a ranged spell attack, right? Yeah. So look in the actual book. Make a ranged spell attack on the hit target takes 1d12. Okay, so well, you've rolled a bunch of attacks there, and they all hit. Am I getting criticals on those? No, because you've got your pluses on there. It'll show up. It's actually one of the nice things about this thing is it'll show up as green if you get a crit. Oh. Uh, so you get three of those? No, I only get one, so I was just pushing it a bunch of times. <laughs> so... Uh, I cast Witch Bolt, uh, or roll a 17. Uh, we're just going to take that uh, that 12 damage you had up there at the top as your first roll. You were doing that at Huge Booger, right? Yes, Huge Booger. Your Witch Bolt crackles across the graveyard into Huge Booger, who is roped up in this web of fire. I'm aiming for the Huge Booger, by the way. Right, right at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do boogers conduct electricity? We're gonna find out. In this uh, in this situation, they do. So you your witch bolt uh, screams across the path, <laughs> striking huge booger right in the huge booger. <sighs> Just what I wanted. It crackles around his his head. And he kind of like vibrates a little bit uh, amidst uh, amidst all the one doing twelve damage. Uh, you can tell that this guy is now wrecked. Did we establish that, by the way? The conven—it's my sort of verbal convention on this stuff. That, it, or sorry, bloodied. It's actually something from an older rule set. Bloodied means you've got them. You can tell visually that they have at least half of their hit points gone. There were some mechanics around that that we don't do anymore. Um, but so visually, you can see that he's bloodied because he's like lost half of his hit points. And if I tell you that they are wrecked, that means they're down to 10% or less. By the way, I'm making a LinkedIn profile for Melvin Hardman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm excited. That's, dude, I need you to like not do any other social media. Don't do any Twitter feed. Don't do anything. Just like, and you can find Melvin Hardman on LinkedIn. Wizard <laughs> <laughs> <there> of renown. <laughs> Fucking LinkedIn profile. <laughs> hey, you oh, never knew, know who might want to connect. You, you, know? gotta, you, gotta, you, you gotta network. You gotta we want to be a good adventuring team. We gotta get professional, folks. Man, there's some real gems, real gems My to come space. out of tonight. <laughs> Friendster. Is that it? Let's see if that exists. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> Sign up, bitch. Oh, yeah. Find us on MySpace. <laughs> Man. That's so... God. It's too many social media things to manage, but yeah, that's priceless. You should, we should make a, a MySpace page that just redirects you to the Facebook page. <laughs> Can you make that circular? <laughs> it just, it just keep pointing you. Check out the latest news on Facebook. Okay, so Melvin, you did your damage to that guy. Next up in the turn order is Slayer Shirt. Slayer Shirt is going to attempt to bust out. He's able to rip his way out. Damn. And is able to shamble over to you guys. So Slayer Shirt is now right in front of you. The power of Slayer. Right? He was motivated. He had walk playing in his head. It's about to be raining his blood. Nice. Damn. Huge booger. Huge booger is going to give that same thing a shot. He's going to make his strength roll. Huge booger still entangled. Uh, so since he is still tangled up in there, why don't you guys each give me uh, your D4s again? Uh, yeah, God those two. It. One. 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 All right. Dose damage for huge booger. Red Crocs. He is able to bust it out. Red Crocs is now free. Kolvik, it is up to you. So you've got Slayer Shirt immediately in front of you. Yep. Red Crocs is right behind him. And, uh, and then Striped Romper is still back with a Huge Booger. Those two are shuffling and dancing right. together. Well, I'm facing towards Slayer Shirt diagonally from me to the right. It's going to be Red Crocs. So I'm going to kind of shimmy myself almost in between them, between me and Melvin. Kind of whip myself across trying to strike Slayer Shirt with my Warhammer.
Episode 6 was released on December 10th, 2017. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for another episode of The Very Good Adventuring Team.